Welcome to Digital Marketing for Financial Planners, the podcast where you learn which digital marketing strategies are working best for advisors. We interview financial planners who share what is working or not for their practice. Here is your host, Jake Wagner. Hello, and welcome to Digital Marketing for FP. This is your host, Jake Wagner. And on today's show, I have Dennis Yu from Blitzmetrics. Dennis is a part of the digital marketer family along with ourselves and really excited to share with you everything that he has to say today. So Dennis, how are, how are you doing? How's your day going? Jacob, yeah, good to see you again. Yeah, you too. It's been about a month since the traffic and conversion. That was a, yeah. a great conference. Man, yeah. I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, so could you tell the audience a little bit about you, uh, your agency, and just some of the work that you do to, to help give some folks give folks some contact? Yeah, I built analytics at Yahoo 20-some years ago. And after leaving Yahoo, my goal is to create a million jobs because mentorship is important to me and there's nothing better than helping out could be young adults or service professionals understand digital marketing so they can get more business. School system's not what it used to be. So being able to partner with folks like digital marketers, social media examiner, Instagram, TikTok, these other guys, I think is filling a key gap where business owners need to get to digital, which includes a lot of the social channels. They can't, but there's a huge opportunity for folks like you and the young adults to be able to bridge that gap, to be able to help certified financial planners produce short little videos and drive real leads and see how that impacts their SEO, ranks their Google My Business, their website, all that. And I would like nothing more than to partner with folks like you and help make that happen in every single vertical. Well, I'm excited that we're here today. And folks, I'm excited. I hope you're excited for what Dennis has to share. So Dennis, you mentioned videos. Something I've really enjoyed that you've shared in the DM circles is about this three by three video concept. Hmm. Could you just share a little bit about that with the audience and how does that work? We know that in building relationships, getting new clients, it's often through word of mouth, your expertise, referrals, sometimes ads, sometimes good digital marketing like through you. And if you break out those components that drive new clients, you can separate them into know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. People are not going to just, the first time they hear about you, just sign up. So it takes multiple touches, just like in a relationship, when you go on a first date and you kiss and eventually get married, you have a baby, there's different stages in building relationships. But for some reason in digital marketing, a lot of people seem to skip those phases, even though we are aware of them in the real world. So if we think about what those lightweight touches are, the three buckets are awareness, consideration, and conversion, which when you look at LinkedIn, they say it's those same three buckets. You go to Facebook, they say it's those same buckets. You go to TikTok or Snapchat or any other channel, go to Twitter, they'll say it's those same three levels of building relationships. And it's not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. So if we know that those are the three components, the three stages of a relationship, then can we make one minute videos or even 15 second videos that honor each of those three stages? So that first stage, that getting to know you awareness stage, top of the funnel, is telling a story so people understand your values or who you're with or your favorite coffee shop or something that is a lightweight touch like you'd make in small talk. The middle of the funnel, once they get to know who you are, is sharing expertise, talking about what do you need to do for retirement? What about taxes because of the Biden administration? What do you think about inflation? Where should you put your money? You're sharing expertise without selling. You're just 
demonstrating and qualifying that you are someone who is good to talk to, someone who's trustworthy, someone who has a certification, someone who has been in business for a while, just like a doctor or a pilot or whatnot. You know, you have a certification so people trust you. That's the middle of the funnel, sharing expertise. That's the meat of the hamburger between the two buns, if you will. And then the bottom is selling. And if you've done these three phases and people have gotten to know you at the top level, a bunch of one minute videos there, a bunch of one minute videos sharing your expertise, then the bottom comes naturally. It's, I'd love to book a time with you. Click on the link below. Let's have a 15 minute, no obligation call to talk about your situation, right? Or, hey, I created a lead magnet. And I'd love to send you the 10 ways to pay less taxes in 2022. Just put in your email, right? Whatever it might be, or come visit my website or buy my course or whatever the conversion item is. So if you make three why videos, three how videos and three what videos, that's the three by three. It's the ultimate tic-tac-toe, if you will. And it works most effectively in lead gen, where we are selling a product based on services that there are potentially hundreds of other people that do what appears to be the same thing, but people are making choices because of expertise, reputation, word of mouth, that kind of thing. So where do you, how do you get these videos out there and where are the best places for folks to find to make sure to get the most out of their effort? You make them on your phone. If you have an iPhone, it's automatically uploading to iCloud. If you pay the $9.99 a month or whatever it is. And when they all get uploaded to your phone, then you or a virtual assistant that you hire for $600 a month full-time will then take that video that you've made and post it to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, LinkedIn, whatever, Quora. You can put your blog, your Google My Business. So that one video that you make, just because you're walking into your favorite restaurant saying, I really like the veal parmesan at Maggiano's. Don't use Maggiano's, they're a chain, but you know, whatever the local, just to show that you are well-known in Portland. Like I love to go to Voodoo Donut in Portland, right? I hang out in Pioneer Square and walk to the food carts. It was at Ninth and Alder, right? I'm showing that I'm a part of the neighborhood. I'm showing that I know Portland well, and that that has nothing to do with being a financial planner or a retirement investment advisor or whatnot. It's nothing to do with having a series eight certification or whatnot, but it does build relationships. Mm-hmm. So when you post those little snippets, when your VA or you or whatever, take that video and post it to six, seven, eight other places all at the same time, now you're able to cover all social media. Yeah, Purists will say, oh, you can't do that. You have to create something separate for Instagram, se- separate for TikTok, separate for Snapchat, separate for Facebook. Well, yeah, people that specialize in doing social media and that's all they do, fine. But if you're a business owner, you don't have time for all that. And this works. It's an 80-20, right? It's not mm-hmm. perfect, but you get 80% of the effort or 80% of the value for 20% of the effort. So this sounds really complicated, or at least like it might be. And I also know that it's also really simple. And so just want to bring that up for the audience. That basically what Dennis is talking about here is you record one to three videos and then we, in keeping the focuses that he's talking about, and then as you break apart, like basically you can use that video in total, or you can break it up into different pieces mm-hmm. and then share it on all these networks. And Dennis, do you think that the networks are punishing you for reusing these videos? Because I know nope. that's something I've heard sometimes. Now, some people will say there's a duplicate content penalty. I mean, there is an issue where if you take a YouTube video, which is typically landscape and is longer form, right? A YouTube video might be 15 minutes, it might be an hour. 
and you try to take that landscape video and make it vertical, that's a 15 second story or cut out snippets of that YouTube video and turn it into a TikTok, it might not work as well, but it's not because TikTok is penalizing you. It's because it might not resonate as well in that network. So it ultimately goes back to your ability to communicate clearly and share your story, to show that you have authority because of who you're working with, to give good tips and advice that people find valuable. That's really the main thing. It's not on aspect ratio or what kind of software you're using. That's the thing that professional digital marketers would have you believe because they have an incentive to make things look confusing. But the main tool you're using is your mouth and it's sharing knowledge. And if you're not sure what kinds of videos to make, think about the most common advice that you give. Maybe you're reacting to the news and what's going on in the market, maybe in your local town. It doesn't have to do anything with financial advice because you're trying to first establish that you're a good person to work with. So literally 15 to 16 second videos about anything, you can get a whole month's worth of content done in 10 minutes. Exactly. And that's part of why I think this strategy is so powerful. We've tested this thousands of times. It's not difficult. This works for anyone. It could be insurance brokers and real estate agents, financial planners, anyone who is a professional. Include We've done it for hundreds of chiropractors. Chiropractors are some of the worst when it comes to trying to make videos. Or maybe personal injury attorneys are, are the worst. But <laughs> you don't have to be a movie star. You're not trying to be Tom Cruise. You're not trying to be a TV spokesperson. The key thing is you have to make video. You can't outsource that. You can't hire someone who has a $60,000 camera to be able to make videos for you. You and your cell phone is what performs the best. If you'd miss on all the other stuff we're talking about, the one thing to remember is if it, I'll be happy if you literally just make one 15 second video. If you need to pause the podcast or the video to stop and do that and make a 15 second video about saying, I'm from Portland, Oregon. And my favorite thing to do is write the light rail into Pioneer Square and hang out with all the cool people and festivals they have going on on the weekends, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. That's 15 seconds. I'm Dennis Yu. I'm a certified financial planner. I'd love to work with you, right? That's it. It's 15 seconds. And do you need fancy equipment? Or if someone was going to be investing in fancy equipment, what's the one thing? Nothing? That just gets in the way. We've okay. done tests. I have a friend of mine who sold $3 billion of real estate. Top seller of real estate in Dallas. and he made stuff with a very fancy camera that shoots in 6K, all the best equipment. This guy's got a lot of money. So of course he hired the very best who brought the very best equipment. And simply videos off of my iPhone, me holding it with my hand, no gimbal, no tripod, no fancy stuff, outperforms his stuff. Mm -hmm. And we've done this test many, many times because the stuff that is too professional looking, it looks like a commercial, right? You can tell mm -hmm. Jacob when you're scrolling and you see something that looks like a commercial, right? When it looks Absolutely. too good, you're yeah. going to go right past it, aren't you? Are you going to even stop and see, or are you going to go right past it if it, it looks like a commercial? well less than a second to figure that out. It's pretty yep. much instantaneous. Yeah. So you need to make stuff that does not look like a commercial. But that being said, because stuff on iPhones work better than professional cameras, which is weird because I have professional equipment and I kind of want to use it. There's one thing you do need to do that most people miss. And that is you need good sound. So you, mm -hmm. you still need an external microphone. I recommend the Rode Wireless Go 2, which allows you to interview other people. It's got two transmitters and one receiver. You just clip it on. It's the world's smallest, simplest wireless mics, $300 at Best Buy or Amazon. If you do that, any crappy cell phone will work. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's it. And I use a sure mic, but same deal, just a Bluetooth connection. And yep. it is the one and people are a lot less tolerant of bad sound than they are of bad video. It just it yeah. starts to make us go crazy. Yeah. And so you're going to focus on one thing, improve your sound. sound. The number one factor in video that sucks is bad sound. Ask mm-hmm. any professional video person, they will tell you the sound. You could, you could have an, an old iPhone 6, but with good sound, that's great. And good sound, by the way, doesn't mean a fancy microphone. You can do it with a $10 microphone. The number one factor in sound is how many inches away it is from your lips. If it's within 12 inches, it's normally pretty good. So cheap mm-hmm. $10 microphone within 12 inches of your mouth, old phone. You don't even need lighting. You don't need all the tripod like that. You just need some kind of microphone within 12 inches of your mouth. And if it's outside and it's noisy and it's in traffic, then get one that clips right here under your chin. That way you're, it's still close to your mouth. And those things are cheap too. I mean, you know, to yeah. do the Bluetooth setup, it's a bit of an investment, but a good lavalier mic in and of itself, you can get a couple off of Amazon for 20 bucks. I mean, it's a, it's a very easy yeah. investment. Yeah, the wireless mics cost more. So the lavalier ones that are wired, where there's, this is a wire that attaches to your, your phone, you know, you can get ones for $10, $20. But you have to spend about $200 to get a wireless one. Anything less than that, and it's going to break up and be fuzzy, and the connection won't be very good. So if you really want to spend the money, you could do a Sennheiser AVX, and that's going to run you $750 per set, plus all the other pieces. But if you don't want to mess around with all that, just get the Rode Wireless Go 2. That's the best one. A lot of my friends have bought it. Even professional mm-hmm. videographers, they've switched from $2,000 microphones to this one that's only two dollars or $300. I like it. I mean, actually, what I'm using right now, Dennis, yeah. I'm using my earbuds. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think they sound pretty great. There's, you know, I'm using Samsung earbuds, but I think Apple as well. There's like five different sound cancellation things in this and all sorts of stuff. There's yeah. a lot of technology and it's right next to you. So it usually yeah. sounds really good as well. Your earbuds are great. Yeah. Yeah. AirPods, they sound surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. And you might already have them. I mean, it's amazing exactly how much how much, how, how amazing a tool a cell phone can be. It's a million or $2 million worth of tech that's really in our pockets right now. And I mean, I even had a friend who made an entire movie walking across the country using cell phone yeah. uh, to record the footage. And it looks great. It looks better when we got some newer phones too. But uh, yeah, it took them a couple of years. But yeah, it looks great. Yep. So my next question for you, Dennis, is I know sometimes folks, you know, you're, you're in Facebook and you see that boost button thing and -hmm. you know now now folks have this video or have these three or nine Mm -hmm. videos that we're talking about Mm -hmm. how would you recommend rather than just clicking on the button uh, at least you know these days what do you think is the best approach it's still the best approach for the last 12 Mm -hmm. years which is hit the boost button spend a dollar a day for seven days facebook has been taking away targeting options as you've seen in the last few years Absolutely. used to be able to target all the way down to people's names and the most obscure interests that would show up. And because of GDPR, because of protected categories related to jobs and employment and housing and things like that, which extends into financial services as well. Now, the only targeting that you can do if you are a local business is just geo-targeting because the rest of the targeting is done by the system itself. So if you want to generate leads then just say, set up your digital plumbing, which is all you're tracking so that Facebook or Google or whatever can do the 
sub-optimizing for you and then say, I just, I need leads. Yeah. Have your, have your pixel in place. You know, that's important. And then. So then if you have that tracking in place and you optimize to that lead or that conversion event, then you literally just boost for a dollar a day, or you can boost for $5 a day and you don't need to do all the crazy targeting. Five years ago, you needed to do that kind of targeting. Now the system's so smart. If you make the video and you then boost it for a dollar a day, or sometimes $5 a day, if you're driving for a conversion, the system will do everything else from there. It's incredible. You do have to have your events set up properly. And it's good to have someone who's making sure that the analytics are going back into the system, right? You yeah, know, that is all, really important. But it's if all you digital have that plumbing, up, yeah. Right. yeah, you, you exactly. spend money without the accountability, you're just wasting it. Mm-hmm. And also you can't trust any of the graphs that you're looking at as well. And reliable data is something that we all need. Yep. Yeah. And one of the other things that I think really are, is one of the other things that's really important to the life cycle of a financial planner's marketing. Really, we're talking about the stages of intimacy. And you know, when we're getting all the way to the end there, and really I'm leading up to your thank you machine idea, that the listeners of the show have clients that love them and hopefully you're mm-hmm. you know working with them for 30 years yeah and possibly even transcending if someone retires and stuff like that it's one of the most sacred roles we can have in our lives yeah. and how do you like show that gratitude and how do you recommend that that way of gratitude might also help bring in referrals you guys already know that referrals are the best form of marketing right word of mouth roi is incredible So if you do this right, what I'm about to show you, you'll never need to do marketing again. And that's this. Your customers are talking about you regardless of whether you're doing any marketing or not. So you might as well harness that. So my favorite thing to do, which Jacob alluded to, it's called the thank you machine is I will send them a pair of socks with their face on them. And I get them at videosocks.com. It's $25. And you can have their pet's face or their face, grab their LinkedIn profile picture or whatever it is. And then it comes with a handwritten note. So I could say, hey, Sally, so awesome to be able to serve your family. And so glad that you've been a client for the last four or five years. Just wanted to tell you, I was thinking about you, Jacob Wagner, certified financial planner. And when they get that in the mail with a handwritten note, they remember that, they tell everybody about it, they show it, they post on social media. And there's a lot of different things that you can do that are like that, that give that surprise thing that they, Get, and typically in the mail, what do you get? Like junk mail or random solicitations. But imagine that you get something. Let's say that, you know, you and I, Jacob, we are, we're hanging out in San Diego, having some dinner or something like that. And you mentioned that you want to have me on your podcast, right? Or whatever. We're talking about some topic. And then the next day, let's say you're home in Portland and you get from Amazon, a box of mints. And you're like, where is this box of mints coming from? You open it. There's a gift note. And it said, Hey, Jacob, I meant in all caps to tell you how awesome it was to see you in San Diego and hanging out. How, how are you going to feel? Yeah, put a smile on my face, but having the idea of it happening, it felt really and, warm and fuzzy. And when, how, how often do you get something like this per, per year, let's say? Mm, probably less than once a year. Although there's sometimes I've tried to do it for other people. You know, yeah. like make sure to put in that little bit of extra TLC, but um, I can yeah. also do it more. Yeah. So people almost never get it. So it's a standout marketing channel. I'm surprised most professionals aren't doing it. Maybe because they're too busy or they're not aware or they think it's too difficult. How much money do you think it costs 
for me to send you a one pound package of mints from Amazon that includes a gift note, including shipping and all in. 10 bucks? It's 10 bucks. And how long does it take me to do that purchase? Five minutes at most, assuming even less if you have it saved because it's the fifth time you've done it. We have a list of all of our favorite items that we like to send out. It takes two minutes. Why? I select the item, I put in their mailing address, I write in my little gift note, hit enter, and it's done. I don't have to go to the store. I don't have to do Christmas wrapping because you know, I suck when it comes to trying to wrap Christmas and birthday <laughs> presents and things. It's already done. You can pay an extra $4.49 and Amazon will put it in a gift box or wrap it for you. And you know, one of the things I'm hearing you say here is, as well is like, we don't need an occasion. One of the good occasions we all think about is, you know, birthday. Birthdays are good. But I think it's probably good to think about doing something like this for your clients' birthdays because it, it definitely will, you know, touch their hearts. There's too much competition during birthdays and Christmases. Okay. So I'd rather, because right, how many, so I had my birthday two weeks ago. You know how many birthday thank yous and whatnot I got? <laughs> I like 700 of them, right? I can't reply to yeah. all of them. It's just crazy. But if out of the blue, so, and, and plus if they do it on a birthday and it's like, yeah, 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 it's my birthday. But if they do it just on some random day and it says, hey, Jacob, I just wanted to let you know, I appreciate your friendship. Thank you. That means so much more. it's a unique time. That's something I really like about what you're sharing. Because the thing is, is it, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. Even just like, I'll take a social media detox day on my birthday, even though I know there's all sorts of folks going over there and saying thank you, because just mm -hmm. want to enjoy your life. Yeah. I don't want to spend my birthday replying. And even though I love the folks who are giving me the gratitude, and I think that's great, it's also about yeah. how do you stick out? How do yeah. you get to this that unique memory? By the way, the idea of thank you, isn't necessarily physical gifts. I know in this commercialized thing with Christmas and Halloween and all that, people always think like love needs to be a physical gift. Like somehow the diamond industry was able to get people to think that if you love that woman, you need to spend two months of your salary on a ring or whatever. It's the, the key point here is to show that micro moment that you care and to personalize it. So if you spend more than 10 or $20, it actually backfires. Here's the easiest thing that you can do. This most powerful. Most people don't do this. Next time a client texts you or a prospect texts you, instead of replying back with words, as most people do on their phones with thumbs, reply back with video. Do a selfie video and say, hey, Jacob, I want to let you know I'm here in Cancun and the water's warm and I was just thinking about you. Thank you, my friend. Like, that's it. Yeah. And it, it can be for existing clients, especially. But often if I'm in a cool place, like I'm at the top of the Eiffel Tower or last week I was in New York eating some ridiculous food and then going to Central Park. I made a couple little 15 second videos, greetings to mm -hmm. folks who were in, in my list of friends and list of clients and literally just took me five minutes, right? Just to make it, sometimes my greetings, just five seconds. Saying, mm -hmm. hey, Caleb, love you, man. Hope you're doing well in Denver. Just thinking of you. That's it. Just like that. And just rattling off a whole bunch of them. When was the last time someone sent you a text out of the blue, Jacob, that had a video greeting? It's been a while. Been a while. No greetings. And actually, no, no greetings, any videos or something. It was probably some social media moment that just got texted to me directly or something of the like. I'm yeah. watching something. It's not, hi, good to see you. I love you yeah. and I appreciate it. It doesn't even have to be that long. It's literally just a couple seconds. Hey, Jacob, I was thinking about you. Hope you're well. Mm -hmm. right? Hey, I'm in Central Park. Thinking about you, man. Hope you're having a good day. That's it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a financial planner, think about your competition. The other financial planners, how many of them are doing anything like this? This seems like a social media influencer sort of 
tactic, it works super well because you're building relationships as you already know how to do. It's not a social media thing. It's not an Instagram, TikTok thing. You're not singing and dancing. It's like living, leaving a voicemail, but you're just doing it in a five second video. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and none I, of this is also involving like, hey, do you want that hot prospect meeting? You know, no. we're not getting there. That's that's at the bottom of the funnel that Dennis is talking about here. This is, hey, I'm thinking of you. Like, here's a nice little sweet text. Like, if we're thinking back to romance, this is when you just like the sweet nothings to each other that are going back and forth. And it's just little things. And it's the moment yeah. that means the most. Well, the best way to think about it is an hourglass, right? Most people think that when you're trying to drive sales down a funnel, it's this triangle that ends at a point in the bottom, right? Instead of like a sieve, right? The bottom is this narrow thing. And they think that's the bottom of the funnel. It's not the bottom of the funnel. That point where it intersects is actually the pinch point in the hourglass. It's in the middle. So if you think about once someone becomes a customer and then it widens out in an hourglass, that's when you're creating content for your existing customers. That's you're featuring your existing customers. You're putting them on podcasts. You're honoring them. You're interviewing them. You're not trying to ask for testimonials because that's obviously a slanted kind of thing, but it ends up being a testimonial, but more powerful. You take the content that they've created and you turn that into your marketing. So you never have to do marketing again because your customers do it for you. So, you know, when I send out these socks, I've probably sent out 2,000, 3,000 sock orders Mm -hmm. because when someone buys one of our programs, we'll send them a pair of socks which is not something we tell them we're going to do. So that way it's a nice surprise. And guess what happens when they, when they do that? They share it and that generates more sales for us. So our highest ROI marketing channels is when we interview customers or say thank you to customers because then it's featuring them. And it's not talking about us. Because think about the marketing that all the other financial planners are putting out there. It looks all the same. It carries no trust. It doesn't have them on video. Might as well be like these crappy real estate agent business cards, the stuff that people just hand out, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine yes, though it was, it was someone in your town making a video is with someone that you know, or at a restaurant that you know, and they're like, oh, you see them at that Italian restaurant. Like I've eaten there before too. I just drove by there yesterday. So it, it builds that sort of connection. And what you're trying to do is build that kind of connection. So then when it is time where they're searching about, they have a question about their IRA, RRA or stock markets or taxes or whatever, they're, they're going to contact you because they feel more familiar. And people make decisions on who they hire based on familiarity, not based on who got the highest rating and GPA or something like that. Absolutely. I've had the opportunity to see a few people select their financial planner. And it's, it's a really, it's this magical moment where something clicks in their heart more than their head. And when it has to, it's an emotional decision. Yeah. Um, it's deciding who you're going to trust and the what's and the mechanics. Like you guys are probably all good professionals. So you, you know, if you're a fee-only certified financial planner, especially mm-hmm. if you love life planning, like that, that's a bunch of great basis to be attracting the right kind of client. Yep. And then, but that one person's going to select because you're you and you sharing yourself on social media is, and in these, and in all the different ways, using these digital channels is really something mm-hmm. I'm hearing from Dennis, that there's, we don't want to be limited to uh, just sticking this into Facebook yeah. or doing, you know, DMs on Instagram. There's all sorts of ways we can use this technology to create a better touch experience with our clients and prospects. Yeah. It's all different ways of being seen. You choose the thing that you like. If you like Instagram and that's working for you, great. If you talk longer and you want to do it in a course podcast thing, use YouTube or whatever, great. But whatever it is, 
the most successful financial planners are the ones that are getting out there in video. So look at Caleb Williams, who's a financial planner out of Denver. The guy is absolutely killing it. Even though he does have stuff about what to do for retirement or how not to pay inheritance taxes and what is a living will or, you know, all the different things. He's got stuff on that. But more importantly, he's interviewing other people. He's got some really cool clients. So his, most of his clients are super high net worth and he's hanging out with them and honoring them. And he put together a podcast. I told him, you need to just do a podcast. So we started a podcast and that's what's generating more clients for him. Hmm. So literally cool. just, you can, you don't have to have all the fancy equipment. Literally you just say that you have a podcast and just, just interview people on Zoom for 15 minutes, friends of yours. And mm-hmm. that will give you visibility that carries way more authority than cold calling or buying lists of people to email or things like that. Yeah. And if you can find a couple separate pieces in there that can be separate videos, that's going to be yeah. great relating back to what Dennis was talking about at the beginning. And then got to upload it to LinkedIn. For our group of people, this is an untapped resource. There's LinkedIn oh, is yeah. really trying to take over some of that Facebook energy for B2B, for the professional world. And so mm-hmm. they want to start having your events over there. They want to help you promote your video. And also since it's new, same as like Facebook Reels or something like that. They mm-hmm. give you a little bit extra push as you're doing it too. And that's pretty cool. Yep, they yeah. do. Yeah, LinkedIn is great for professional advice. It is the only real business social network. Mm-hmm. If you look yeah. at my LinkedIn, yeah. you'll see I get a ton of engagement. I've got 30,000 followers and you know, my content works well. So look at what's working on my content versus other people's content. And you'll see it's just simple, lightweight stuff. I'm not trying to write a whole essay in a LinkedIn post, just literally a couple sentences, or I take a screenshot of a tweet that I made and just a simple thought. That's it. Like one thought, not trying to have something that takes more than 10 or 15 seconds to digest. So can you tell me a little bit about what you, you, you've mentioned this like dollar bill idea as well. And I think this is something (laughs) that the financial planners will just think is cool, but is this, you know, basically you're like, almost Mm. paying your prospects. I mean, I guess it's like a dollar or something like that. Tell us more about this. Do you remember in the mail getting dollar bills from like Arbitron saying, hey, fill out the survey, we'll give you a dollar. And they already just attached a dollar to the thing. Have you gotten that before? Right? Maybe you have to be older. People who are older, like anyone older than 40, like I'm 47. I'm 42. I think I'm just right. Like I might've been in middle school when that was more popular or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone anyone who's 50 will know what I'm talking about. I mean, they would send Mm -hmm. stuff in the mail and why would they do that? Because all the other stuff is junk mail. So if you got a thing that had real money in it, you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to throw this away. There's actually a dollar bill attached to it. And they've done tests, these survey companies where they'll put a dollar bill on it versus they'll put $5 or $10. And you would, you would think like, well, if you want someone to fill out a survey, don't you think that if you put a five or $10 bill, they'd be more likely to complete the survey than a dollar bill? It's still one piece of paper. Well, the, the higher the dollar amount is, the more they feel like they're getting bought, right? So it actually okay. works in decreasing. So when you send them something like money, people naturally, you're not going to throw away money. Mm-hmm. So what we've done, and this is just, this kind of happened by accident 12 years ago. I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun if we could take my friend, Julian Music, who's the co-founder of SEO Moz. So she's well-known in the world of internet marketing. And we printed her face as if in the green and white of a George Washington. And we printed out on sticker paper, cut it, cut out the little circle and stick that, stick her face over the circle of George Washington on a real dollar bill. And now all of a sudden we have these Jillian dollars. Wouldn't that be awesome? And then she could hand out Jillian dollars as her business card. So instead mm-hmm. of, you know, cause you go to a conference and there, you, people give you a business card 
And by the end of the show, you got like the stack of business cards. You don't remember which one's what, and you throw them away in the hotel room, right? That's what happens because there's no face of them. You, like when you see like so-and-so as they're on their business card, it doesn't have their face. So you don't mm-hmm. know, you don't remember what you talked about. And then just at the end of a conference, you just, you don't really remember. I mean, maybe you do, but most people, they don't remember, right? They talk to so many people. So the way to stand out, we found, and I did this at several conferences, was I would take 10 or 15 people that I wanted to meet and I would get my team of, of VAs to be able to print out these dollar bills with their face on them. I get crisp $1 bills from the bank. I tried it before with just like regular dollar bills from the bank, but they were crumpled and dirty and just like, ugh. you want the ones that are like completely crisp, mint, never used before. And you hand out just three or four to each person that you have. Your cost of production is about $3 per bill. So it's $9 for each person to hand them three bills with their face on it. But it's absolutely incredible because they see their face on it. And instead of it saying, in God, we trust, it'll say, in Jacob Morgan, we trust. And on the back, instead of the, the eyeball with the thing in the back, it'll, it'll just say your company name and then some kind of logo or the website. And people absolutely love it. That's we did it cool. a few times. I think we did. Yeah. One time I was in San Diego and I did it. I think it was at Traffic and Conversion Summit or Social Media Examiner, one of those ones. And somebody tried to use their dollar bills at the Cheesecake Factory for like part of the tip to the waiter. And then the waiter like called it in to the FBI saying somebody's trying to create counterfeit money. It's this Dennis Yu guy making these dollar bills. And so then the restaurant called me saying, hey, why are you trying to circulate these fake dollar bills? And I said, okay, I called the treasury on this, right? The US Department of Treasury. And they said it was totally okay because defacing currency is if you take currency and you draw on it or you rip it or you do some kind of permanent damage to it, that is illegal. That is a federal crime. However, our dollar bill, you take these dollar bills and you just peel off the sticker, it's back to a regular dollar bill again. It's fine. You just peel off the sticker, right? So it is not defacing it. So, you know, I, I checked with the government. It's totally okay. But every now and then, like the, the, the faces we put on these dollar bills blend in so well that people think the entire bill is fake. It's just the little circle part over the George Washington. It sounds like you turned up the sepia really high to make it so the tone matched or something. I guess this is the yeah, note we, we for the graphic templates. designer. But yeah, yeah we, we take their LinkedIn profile. We have a template that automatically matches the size and the color and also the, the font. So we put their name in, in the circle, you know, above and below. And on the back, we have it in, in also the dollar bill font as well. Their company name and logo and things like that. It looks like it's on the dollar bill, but you can tell from holding it that there's a sticker on it because it's thicker in the middle. Mm-hmm. And plus, if you hold it up to the light, you can clearly tell that it's a sticker, right? Yeah. But if you just look at it real quick, you can't tell. One of the details I really like in what you're sharing, Dennis, is actually new money smells different. And so like, I think that's one of the really great parts about this example is that there's nothing like the smell of money to just make you want to think you're a financial planner. Oh, um, and subconsciously, that's what a great, what a great way to let clients know that you care about their money with a crisp $1 bill. If you had some like crumpled up one where the edge was torn off and you gave that to a client, people would think this guy doesn't know how to manage money. Mm -hmm. But with something nice and crisp and you're showing the presentation and you're showing that it's an individualized thing, you know, that this is really that you thought and you actually put in some time to prepare Mm -hmm. this gift for them and they get to use it, you know, so whatever that turns into. But uh, in the realm of finology, that's definitely putting, adding into the favor bank right there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very cool. Yeah, it works super well. It's a little arts and crafts. You can get it done on Fiverr. Someone else has to cut out the different pieces and put the bill on it. And then you can mail it to them or you can meet them in person. It is a little extra effort. It's more effort than Amazon Prime or the socks, but I've done this thousands of times as well. It works super well. Clients have hired us over just that. I bet. Exactly. That's I mean, at important. least check out whether we're competent or not, right? Don't hire mm-hmm. us just because you got a clever gift from us, right? No, do your due diligence. And everyone who's interviewing a financial planner, yeah, like, I mean, one, you want to make sure they're fiduciary. You want to ask how they're getting paid in, or even asking how big their firm is and looking them up on the an advisor search with the SEC. So that, that way you can just verify that there's nothing on their background. All that stuff has to be updated constantly. And yep. um, it's there for us to be able to use. So, yep. you know, make sure that, yeah, and encourage your clients to do and your prospects to do that background mm-hmm. check and that footwork. It just continues to mm-hmm. reinforce that authority. Yep. Yeah. So, Dennis, I want to thank you for being on the show today. This has been a wonderful conversation. Is there anything you, else that you would like to share with the audience? I just have one thing. I want to see you make a 15 second video. I don't want to see excuses on why you can't do one right now or how tomorrow you're going to do it because your hair is better or the lighting's not good or you're busy right now. It'll take you 15 seconds to make excuses about why you can't make a 15 second video. And the difference between you succeeding in digital marketing and not is your ability to communicate in short video sound bites. Same thing if you're interviewed on TV. You've got to be able to provide that sound bite in 15 seconds. I was on CNN the first time a few years ago and I flubbed it national TV in front of three and a half million people because I talked too long. I couldn't get to the point in 15 Mm -hmm. seconds. So I've learned to get to the point in 15 seconds and your ability to do selfie style videos or have someone else interview you on video and you talk to the camera is going to be so key in this digital new world, whatever pandemic thing that's going on. It's even more important to be able to communicate digitally through your phone. And I want to see you implement this. I've tried this several thousand times. I've been on tons of podcasts and I'm not here to make myself look good or sell products or services. I want to see you guys make short little videos because when you do, your business is going to grow. You're going to get more clients. It might not happen overnight, but this is, a, this is the fastest, most effective marketing you can do. All the things that you could do. I'm going to highlight your stories. So if you do a Google search on me or a YouTube search on me or go to your favorite network, LinkedIn, whatever, do a search on me, Look at how many hundreds and thousands of videos there are of people that have made their videos and have talked about what the result is of making their videos. Most of them have never paid us a dime and that's fine with me, but that's my one request. And you can connect with me if you want on LinkedIn or send me an email or whatever, but to leverage word of mouth and trust and the things that are working already for you is to make that video and go ahead and post it on Facebook. Post it on LinkedIn, post it on your website, post it on your Google My Business listing that probably has not had any posts in months, or maybe you've not even claimed your GMB profile, right? But just get that out there and you're going to beat all the other financial planners out there. Just do that one thing. With that, folks, Dennis, thank you so much for being on the show. Folks, thank you for listening to this episode of the 4FP podcast. And um, make sure to share, like, and subscribe. And I'll see you on the next episode of Digital Marketing 4FP. Take care and have a great day. All righty.